Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good Risings, I'm Jackie. And I'm Brian. And this is Grateful Grains. Welcome back. We're on day two of our week on the basics of a healthy diet. We got it going yesterday with a conversation about calories. Today, we're starting the conversation about macronutrients with protein. First and foremost, we have to come to terms with the fact that nutrition is not a one-size-fits-all conversation. For example, Telling someone they should eat 2,000 calories per day without knowing what kind of calories they're eating or what their lifestyle is like is like trying to paint someone's portrait with just one color of paint. Sure, you can see an outline, but it won't really capture the shades of their reality. In the same way, having a conversation about how much of a certain protein or mineral or vitamin or supplement that we need, it's very broad strokes. Conversations with a holistic practitioner or nutritionist where your actual genetic predispositions, lifestyle, and deficiencies can be examined is really the very best way to understand what your diet should look like. What we're discussing this week is general. It's not explicit personal directive. But again, you really can't go wrong by prioritizing whole foods and cooking at home as often as possible. It's a nice jumping off point, but it's always important that we keep a close eye on our own bodies, how they change, how we feel along the way. So digging in, macronutrients are what make up the vast majority of the foods we eat. They can be broken down into three categories, protein, carbohydrates, and fats. Protein is in every cell of our bodies. We need protein from the foods that we eat in order to build and maintain every type of tissue in our bodies, including skin, muscle, bone, hair, and so on. Protein is composed of about 20 different amino acids in total, nine of which, known as the essential amino acids, must come from the food that we eat because our bodies don't make them or store them in the same way it stores fat and carbohydrates. Those essential amino acids are histidine, isoleucine, leucine, lysine, methionine, phenylalanine, threonine, tryptophan, and valine. Animal products are known as complete proteins, meaning they have all the essential amino acids our bodies need. So things like meat, poultry, fish, eggs, milk, and cheese have the full spectrum of amino acids. Most plant proteins are incomplete, which is why vegetarians or vegans should eat different types of plant proteins every day in order to get that full spectrum of amino acids. There are also supplements that can help provide those missing or shorthanded amino acids. Harvard Health says we should be getting about 0.36 grams of protein for every pound of body weight per day. So for someone who weighs 130 pounds, that's about 47 grams of protein, which I'll come right out and say that's so much lower than any number I've ever seen in terms of daily protein intake, which just goes to show the vast inconsistencies floating around out there. 
Right, we just had this conversation a couple weeks back about the official recommended dose of vitamin D, which is close to 10 times less than the amount that's actually useful. And then we look around and we see how deficient the majority of our population is when it comes to vitamin D. Isn't it obvious why? So when it comes to protein, it really depends on our lifestyle and our goals. That standard protein intake of 0.36 grams per pound should really be looked at as a bare minimum. That's survival standards. Exactly. So someone who's trying to gain muscle while working out could be looking at something closer to one gram of protein per pound of body weight per day. And if we're trying to lose weight, protein is not the place to be making cuts. Those important cuts are, again, refined sugars and carbs, processed and prepackaged foods, and styles of cooking like deep frying. More good news is, besides exacerbating pre-existing kidney disease, there's not a lot that can go wrong in terms of over-consuming quality protein. And since quality protein is filling, the more of it we're eating, the less hungry we'll be, the less likely we'll be turning to those empty carbs or bad fats. This is where we address the notion that red meat is bad for us. A New York Times headline said it all. Eat less red meat, scientists said. Now some believe that was bad advice. Red meat has been demonized for generations, just like eggs, just like avocados, just like salt. It was linked to heart disease and cancer through observational studies, meaning the observation of the population as a whole, lifestyle habits, and causes and rates of morbidity. We are now beginning to understand that that's just not the whole picture. The New York Times summarizes the findings. In a remarkable turnabout, an international collaboration of researchers produce a series of analyses concluding that the advice, a bedrock of almost all dietary guidelines, is not backed by good scientific evidence. The certainty of evidence of these risk reductions was low to very low, said epidemiologist Bradley Johnston, leader of the group publishing the new research in the Annals of Internal Medicine. The new analyses are among the largest such evaluations ever attempted and may influence future dietary recommendations. In many ways, they also raise uncomfortable questions about dietary advice and nutritional research and what sort of standards these studies should be held to. Author of The Salt Fix, The Mineral Fix, and The Immunity Fix, Dr. James Dinnick, advocates that we have to stop blaming meat for the damage vegetable oils and refined sugars caused. He goes on to say that salad dressings are causing more harm than steak. By the way, even Harvard Health, which came out in opposition of this massive news, suggests that consumers limit their red meat to two to three meals per week, not focusing so much on the serving size but specifically the number of occurrences in their weekly diet. Meaning having red meat as part of your dinner two to three times a week is perfectly healthy, even by Harvard standards. Again, it's all about making sure we're providing our bodies with the protein it needs to develop healthy new tissue, while we're also making sure we're getting the full spectrum of amino acids daily. We'll add that there are so many fantastic resources out there for the kind of cutting edge information we're exploring and sharing. Sometimes I feel like we're real proponents of Instagram, but in reality, we're all about the access Instagram provides to these kinds of people, experts in their field really sharing for the benefit of the public at large. A few people we turn to are Dr. Mark Hyman at Dr. Mark Hyman, Max Lugavere at Max Lugavere, 
Dr. James Dinnick at Dr. James Dinnick and Dr. Andrew Huberman at Huberman Lab. And by the way, I believe they all have podcasts of their own. When it comes to nutrition, they get very detailed about the things we cover more generally here. Remember, if you'd like to continue the conversation, we welcome you to reach out through Instagram at Good Risings, or you can find me at B McMuffin. And you can find me at Jacqueline M. Wood underscore one. Come back again tomorrow for day three of our week, the basics of a healthy diet. Until then, remember, a better tomorrow starts with today. We have some exciting news. You can now search more than 700 Good Risings episodes on the new Fathom FM app, the podcast player from the future. Go to fathom.fm slash goodrisings and ask questions to hear answers directly from the Good Risings podcast. Good Risings is presented by Cavalry Audio. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.